Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition, a, a first post-NRF edition of This Week in Innovation. I'm your host, Jeff Roster, with my podcast partner, Brian. Brian, how are you doing today? I think it's the first time we've been, well, not in the same spot, but the same virtual spot in a while. So what have you been up to? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, doing great. And it's been, it's, it's been great to be back home, you know. Uh, I think the the first 15 days of January, I think I, I was at home, like actually John and I, we were at home probably for like two or three days of the, the entire 15 days. So it's great to be back home and catch up. But at the same time, it was also quite fascinating to see everything that we saw at CES and where the world is going. And then, you know, not lose momentum and just go into NRF. And also the amazing, you know, the Wiki Control's VIP award which we became one of the finalists. And of course, our partner Alta, you know, won, Michelle won that amazing award as well for the yeah. long-standing partnership. That was, was terrific. That terrific was a fantastic night. Now, I think you've got a surprise for all of us, all the viewers and listeners. So should I bring on our surprise? Yes, absolutely. Let the, let, let, let's bring them on. Brian, you want to introduce the crew here? Yeah, absolutely. So today I'm super fortunate to have my, you know, my 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 group and my colleagues here, right? Typically it's Jeff and I alone and we, we bring in guests. Uh, so, um, you know, at the top you have John Nordmark, my partner and my my co-founder at Irate.ai. And as you know, John's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he started and sold ebags.com, the prominent, you know, pure play handbag retail, right? And then he's been an angel investor, you know, being active in the startup space, done a lot of work there. And welcome, John. Welcome, Brian, Jenna. This is fun. <laughs> Great to have you. Hang John. on to that. It might not be after I get done with you after about 40 minutes. So we'll see. Hopefully you have that same <laughs> attitude. <laughs> Jeff is going to ask all kinds of tough questions yeah. today. I'm not as bad right? as a Wall Street analyst, but I am still an analyst. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So then uh, the, to my bottom, uh, we have uh, Solomon Ray, I'm a senior director at Iterate, who works with on, on our strategy side as well as on special projects. And uh, Solomon has been doing a lot of work uh, with us on various type of innovation initiatives and also the from a product on AI side. Welcome, Solomon. Thank you, Brian. Good to see you, Joe. Good to see you, too. And then we have Dave Jenkins, our VP of uh, Marketing uh, at Iterate. And Dave has been going there to uh, CES specifically to look at uh, Metaverse. So he's going to, it's the hot topic of today. So, you know, he can talk uh, when he, you know, when, when his turn comes, you know, and tell us all about Metaverse and his findings on companies, right? So it's going to be a super exciting show and I'm, I'm very excited. So. It's going to be a fun, uh, fun, I don't know what do you call this, a fireside chat, a panel, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of horsepower. So um, why don't we jump into it? What do you, well, you want to start with a, a, uh, a, you know, your thoughts around CES? Because most of us, most of us retailers, I've, Brian, that's never been a show I've covered um, be, because it's so close to NRF and trying to get ready for NRF, trying to get presentations um, locked and loaded. The last thing I wanted to do was even, even though it was only a, you know, our ride over the hill to get to Vegas. It was never show I covered. So, uh, and probably same with a lot of retailers. Although I'm understanding more and more retailers and tech uh, and retail tech folks are going to CES. So, so what, uh, what did you see and, and uh, what, you know, your thoughts and the whole team's thoughts? No, I think we should start with John because John covered both, uh, <laughs> both NRF and uh, CES. John, uh, John, what's your feeling? Uh, what, what excited you? And tell us about it. Well, one of the things that always interests me is just the 
the miniaturization of batteries and sensors. And I remember a few years ago seeing a, you know, seeing a chip that could process AI, you know, in in like um, an echo device that is this, could get 50 of them or more than 50 of them on a penny. Uh, This year I was seeing batteries and other types of sensors that were, you know, similar in size, just massive miniaturization of these um, items so that they could fit inside uh, the the temple uh, the temple piece of a like glasses and wow. and you know keep them charged or, or be able to process information inside a device product a consumer product. Uh, one company I saw that did that was called uh, it was either Inject Power or Inject Sense it was something like that. But again, these rings are just micro and the sensors are micro and and so this is going to put the, you know, the smarts, uh, into products. So the products can, can, uh, think and, um, and memorize information, uh, like human beings and, and obviously iterate our company where, where we are AI, um, uh, AI first type company, uh, where, where we're always trying to figure out ways to, to make products and, and solutions a lot smarter. And I think these cups inventions, these little devices are are powering that. Um, another thing related to the sensors that I noticed is that uh, phones seem to be getting a lot smarter. They can, you know, they can read facial expressions to try to detect, uh, you know, uh, the beginning of a, a stroke, a person who's going to have a stroke before that stroke uh, happens because, you know, uh, a person's face may not, may not uh, react the way it normally does and these little micro changes in a way that a, a, a person uh, talk, I mean, um, um, the way they express themselves can be an indication of a, a stroke, a potential stroke victim. So phones are able to measure that. And, you know, I saw another phone that's able to do, um, it's called gut note, I believe. It'll, it'll read your abdomen, you know, by just placing the smartphone on your stomach. Uh, you know, there are other digital health um capabilities that come off phones like uh that or they interact with phones but if you put sensors into i saw that another company that had sensors and earbuds these earbuds could tell if you're grinding your teeth at night and then be able to uh uh, do something i can't remember what it was but do something to tell your body to relax its jaw and and then the readouts you know on your phone so i think the the miniaturization of sensors the miniaturization of, of batteries and power and you know unique power sources was really interesting uh one last uh thing that was interesting around digital health and and wellness and and sensors um is that there are a number of sensors that have come out that can that can monitor your health from 30 feet away so let's say you're an older person you know this is kind of like age tech let's say you're an older person and uh you don't want to be wearing your um a, a wristband or your you can just have a device sitting in your living room that can read your, that can tell how you're breathing, uh, read your heart rates and those kind of things from a distance. So I think, you know, big advances on, on those fronts, Brian and Jeff. Wow. So it sounds like Super we're really important. the, uh, the age of IOT is, is, I mean, we've been talking about it uh, in the analyst world for years, but it sounds like it's, it's here now. It's here very, very officially and, and very, very quickly. Yeah. You know, I thought it's together, right? Yeah. 
Uh, no, yeah. it, I said it's all coming together, right? I think what's really interesting is earlier they were all like components and pieces. Now you are seeing ecosystems of everything connected together. Even like even like people who are doing chips, they are actually demonstrating use cases, right? Which was I think yeah. I thought was really interesting in this CES. They have a lot yeah, of people. The production of ecosystems, again, like there's a company I saw called Matter, which is trying to tie together like all these disparate uh, services that don't interact with each other today. So that all of a sudden your your um, digital ecosystem can operate through one one common type hub. And I, you know, I think we're seeing this happen in businesses. We'll see it happen at home. And uh, so that's another, another really interesting uh, uh progress point, especially as we head toward the metaverse, you know, whatever that is, uh, all these things do need to work together if we have a true metaverse type environment. That's absolutely great, John. Um, you know, now let's go to Solomon. Solomon, I think you, you also, you, you looked at, you had a kind of a dual focus, right? You looked at some emerging tech companies, but you also looked at some of the large partner companies in there. Uh, tell us about what, what you saw. And what, what excited you? Sure, Brian. I'll start off with CES itself. Um, so I first attended CES with Iterate back in January 2020. And back then, the CES attendance was at 171,000. And in 2021, unfortunately, because of COVID, CES became completely digital. So because the, the barrier to entry became so much lower now to exhibit companies, what we saw on the digital platform was that there were a ton of different companies that were exhibiting a lot of, a lot of products and promises, a lot of which actually just turned out to be, you can just, you can call it vaporware. <laughs> uh, looking at 2022, last year, it was a little bit of a hybrid model. So they, they, they did reopen CES. And they did have their digital platform, but the actual attendance was 45,000. Now this year, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, earlier this year in January, the final count for CES 2023 was 150, 115,000. So you can so say what, there was an one, error. one, 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 five thousand. So what Cur six, 60% of what, what peak was. Okay. Wow. Correct. Wow. So it, seems so you can say, it still seems like a lot of people. I mean, 54,000 yeah. is typically what we had at yeah, uh, Oracle, to an NRF, right? Oracle, That's a big Oracle crap, Open right? World. Yeah, 35,000 yeah. at NRF, and I thought, yeah. I, was, thought I was crowded. So still a yeah. huge number of folks. And um, what's, what's, what's the analysis? Do you think, do you think folks was yeah. – I agree with you. With their take. There was definitely an air of optimism this year about CES because many organizers, exhibitors, and attendees – Looking forward to a rebound. Sure enough, uh, as you can see, a lot of media and even attending there, you see a lot of attention grabbing headlines, mostly about metaverse and electric vehicles. Since our work at Interate is mostly focused on AI, it was really interesting to note that many AI innovations tended to be to take a backseat to their applications. So, what I mean is, let's say computer vision. Computer vision itself is going to draw attention. You're not going to see a company that's just showcasing computer vision itself and kind of showing models. What what these what a lot of exhibitors are doing is they are showing the computer vision 
is different with different industrial applications. And then they're showcasing those, those applications. Specifically, in the career startup section, there was a startup called Tractor. And they actually won a CES 2022 Innovation Award. And they specialize inventory automation. So uh, a, lot of the, a lot of their clients are sellers, retailers, et cetera. So their booth actually had a set with a camera device. They call it's called Spider Go. And it's a device that's connected to a metal track on, on the ceiling. And then they have wires that actually descend the camera uh, along this metal track. So what that camera actually does is it's using computer vision to scan products vertically. So imagine if you're in a convenience store, any type of store with, with, with store shelves, this thing runs, this camera runs along a track and then it descends to keep track of the inventory in the, in the store. So this camera reads RFID, barcodes, and uses computer vision as well as LIDAR to detect spatial objects. And what was really interesting in my conversation with is that this is a more cost-effective solution then some of these store inventory detection systems that we've, we've explored in Iterate, if you think Amazon Go, uh, it's millions of dollars of cameras to install. So we're seeing these different innovations and applications using these technologies, but they're not focusing on the technology itself. The focus is on the application. That's super awesome. That's very good, Solomon. I think um, I, I, I agree with you as well, because I think this time, what was really interesting, you know, to my previous comment on John's uh, statement as well, is that you saw a lot more applications, right? They bought a lot of core technologies. They bought chips. They bought IoT, but they also showed examples of them, right? I think in 2020, we didn't see that. I think which is amazing, which is which is really great for the industry, right? The more you technology vendors are focusing on applications and use cases, I think it becomes powerful because that's something you can take and apply in your business today. Right. So now that's awesome. Thanks, Solomon. And Dave, uh, you uh, went this time and essentially you did, you went to both NRF and uh, and CES. And, in N yeah. and I think in NRF and CES, you do you did have a startup focus. Right. And metaverse focus. So tell us about both. It'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, I did. I was I had specific assignments to go look at metaverse, uh, how it was playing out at CES and NRF and to build on what uh, John and both been saying is that I would agree that innovation is occurring across the entire supply chain from the parts, you know, the batteries, the sensors, the, you know, the, the wiring harnesses all the way up through complex products and platforms like these huge electric cars. And, you know, the, the Sony, the Sony deal with Honda, you know, the Sony is launching its own electric car now, and it's got sensors all over it. Uh, and to build on what Solomon was saying, uh, I agree the AI is the leverage point that these platforms are differentiating themselves, but it's not just the computer vision. It's not just the AI to have the AI. It has to have a real world use case. And we were seeing a lot of that. Uh, and, uh, the two main themes I was, when I personally was concentrating on was the digital health and John had mentioned some of that, but then also there's a lot of sensors around environmental controls, water sensors, air sensors. I mean, sustainability is a huge theme. And I think if we've seen some of the news coming out of the AP and kind of the mass market reports on the reports for CES, sustainability was a major theme. Uh, and I would agree. And IoT and AI is certainly 
differentiating some companies on sustainability and environmentalism, as well as the digital health. Oh, so, so that's one thing. Metaverse, uh, there was a lot of metaverse type organizations and startups there, but most of them were concentrating around VR glasses and they were using VR glasses for kind of presenting how they're doing something inside the metaverse. Uh, I didn't really look at those as much because to me, VR is my own personal opinion. VR is going to be very challenged on getting out beyond kind of gaming because again, it's immersive. It's not the real world. You know, that's never going to become a part of real commerce or I think AR, let me say it the other way, AR and MR mixed reality and augmented reality are going to get very far, very quickly. And I did see one startup called Ant Reality. And they had some very cool AR glasses. The, the neck point for AR has always been, is a stylistically cool. Would I wear them just as a normal person walking down the street? Not huge goggles, things like that. Uh, and this one company, Ant Reality, they had a very high def, wide field of vision and glasses that frankly looked like a pair of Ray-Bans. They were very, very cool. That was one company. Another company or another group of companies that surprised me was aromas, uh, the ability to virtually tune in a, a citrus, fresh orange juice or a summer's morning or a walk in the woods. There is now, there are now these augmentation companies and what they do is they put little tiny sensors next to your nose and they're putting off kind of a combination of eight or nine different aromatics and they're able to essentially virtually create wow. a fort. Or virtually imagine create. Jeff. Imagine Jeff. You know, you get a smell while we while we listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's definitely a lot of there's a, there was definitely some very cool things around the metaverse, and the aroma thing was surprising to me because I mean the you know the VR goggles we've we've seen that, and it's certainly moving ahead, but nothing was revolutionary. But this aroma thing that was oh wait a minute I had never seen that before. You know, 2023 was supposed to be the year that um, glasses came out from Facebook, Apple, Amazon, and Google's relaunch of the glasses. That that is supposed to. It's been it's been talked about for a while that this is the year of that. And I think what Dave just brought up the you know some of the attempts to to make the glasses um, interact with with you know both virtual and um, real worlds, the augmented experience, uh, it, it's still not quite there, but there are still great attempts being made. Uh, there's, there was one company that will put our real time translation in your glasses so you can read, you know, you can read the translation. If you're talking to someone who's, let's say from Japan, uh, and you speak English, you can read the translation in real time off the wow. glasses. So that's an attempt, uh, even though it's a, a minor one to bring that to life. Um, anyway, the, the startups, there are many startups trying to still work on the glasses. Um, I'm still waiting to see what the big, you know, the big companies like Amazon are going to do. And because they, they, Facebook actually announced it a couple of years ago, this was the year, uh, you know, I think we've seen some kind of cancellations or retractions on that recently, but I still think there will be, uh, big gains made, maybe not this year, but they're coming. And again, that's, this gets back to the. The sensors, all the work being done on materials, you know, so that you can you can reflect uh, information or display information inside things like glasses without having to have the big, like Dave said, those big goggles uh, on your head. Um, 
but anyway, it's it's just more, you know, all this metaverse stuff that you were talking about, the aromatics, the the glasses changing, all this stuff will also need to merge in order for the metaverse to sort of come to light. So and, so so and, Dave, you had you had a responsibility for metaverse at NRF also? I did. Uh, let me let me touch on one thing about CES. One other area that we saw was haptics, uh, the ability to feel. Yeah. Uh, there are there are a lot there were a lot of vendors with very cool haptic gloves and even haptic shirts and haptic suits. And it really is straight out of that movie, uh, Ready Player One, where these are they look like uh, they look like bicycle racing shirts, but they've got electric pads all over. And by 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 uh, by running a short electric current across it, it actually feels like an impact. So you, you're getting punched and you actually feel it in the shirt. And then these gloves are, very, you know, these gloves, you can actually touch an object in the metaverse. So the haptics was was progressing a long ways. Uh, to NRF, to answer to your question, yes, metaverse was there, uh, but it was mostly around um, avatars for, I mean, because NRF is much more focused on actual commerce. You know, these are, right. you know, re environments and what can go on. There was quite a few, excuse me, there were some very cool booths around um, virtual avatars for customer supports, or maybe kind of a, you know, there was one where it had Howie Mandel, I think it was deepmind.ai, and it had a full-size Howie Mandel in a kiosk, and DeepMind was able to essentially have Howie read 300 sentences, just 300 sentences, which would take about, what, 20 minutes maybe. And from that, it was a, it's now able to extrapolate and have Howie Mandel say anything that the AI would feed to us. So, for example, if uh, you put this Howie Mandel or, you know, frankly, your own company's spokesperson right there in the store, people could go up, ask it a natural language question, just like we asked, just like we asked Alexa, a natural language question. And then the NLP engine on the back or, you know, kind of the chat GPT on the back end would be able to feed back the response, but it's not just text on a screen. It would have Howie Mandel or, you know, uh, whatever the spokesperson is, it's this full-size avatar would be giving the answer in real time. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And by the way, that example, cause I spent some time there, um, that is a real Howie Mandel, uh, deal and he licenses that out. Yeah. So if you want to have yeah. virtual Howie for a whole lot cheaper than having real Howie, he will actually right. license that out, which, uh, takes that out of the idea of, oh, that's kind of cool to now that's, that's real commerce. That's real, yeah. real money beginning to change hands. So Dave, let me just finish, your... Brian, let me just, let me just yeah. finish this point with Dave and then we'll get back to, um, because it, I've had a lot of conversations with, um, not innovators, but influencers about, about the term metaverse at NRF and quite a few of the folks that I've had private conversations with said, wow, we didn't see metaverse there. And what I think they, well, I know what they didn't see is the word metaverse. Right. Um, I didn't see the word metaverse at all up in the fourth floor. That's where the innovation lab was. I really didn't see it at all on the ma main floor. Um, but I saw plenty of evidences of individual adoptions. Um, I c completely agree with you on augmented reality. I'm the biggest, I'm a pilot, so I'm the biggest fan of augmented reality there is. Um, far less so on virtual reality. So I agree, I hundred percent agree on your point, but, but 3d objects and everything else, you, you, you know, as an analyst, um, I'm not looking to be the cutting edge. I'm just looking for adoption and I can find right. that. So right. I don't know if it, you know, I can, you're the one guy that can compare and contrast CES, which sounds like they ran towards the word metaverse where NRF almost ran away from the term, but gosh, what 80% of the innovation lab was, was all, was all metaverse technology. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And I think um, 
CES is about the big show and future profile things that maybe are not so much based in immediate reality. I mean, the pavilions from uh, Samsung and the other huge players had enormous curved screens and there were cars from, you know, there were, there were concept cars that are no way ever going to make it to the street. And, but it's, 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 CES is there to reinforce brands as look, we are from the future. And okay. so whether it's based in reality or not, they're going to show the most fantastic right. thing. Whereas NRF is about saying, Hey, you can put this in your store today. Let's go into the back and sign a deal. Well, I think that's, and let's, let's segue over to NRF. Cause I, I know Brian, you've got a hard stop. Um, and we'll come back. Cause I think that's a really important point. And that's, that's the point everyone ha has to understand because the conversations I've had with a lot of folks is the, the thought was NRF was pretty, pretty real this year. I mean, there wasn't, the term quotes shiny objects, which I would very much argue with, because I think that hologram that you and I saw in Howie Mandel is pretty darn shiny. Um, and, and the whole innovation lab was filled with a lot of really interesting shiny things. But definitely on the main floor, I think there was a very, much more of a serious attitude as, as to what's real and what's ready to be absorbed immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. so the other thing, Jeff, what happens, though, it's, uh, that's an interesting observation, because NRF has always been a, uh, a show where the vendors are conditioned. Right, because if you show uh, something that's not applicable in the retail industry, and it has to be very specific to retail, you know, you can't show what you did in the stadium and show it in a retail conference and get them to, um, you know, get them to do a deal with you, right? So NRF vendors are always very, very focused. I mean, if you look at it, like numbers, this is the usual, right? They do a lot of these sessions and they all come with like very good KPIs. You know, we increase engagement by 22%, AOV by 15%, right? All the, all the, all the, like, you know, booths had these numbers, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's very I'm not conditioned. Sure those numbers have been audited just, just as an analyst. No, no, I'm I not know. sure they that's were audited. <laughs> that's a different story, right? I mean, that was funny when, uh, when, uh, when, when the DJ for, uh, uh, for the VIP session, he had a really great comment about all the stuff that startups talk about, right? All the KPIs <laughs> and JavaScript. Every time they say to people JavaScript. I, I think you need a bodyguard to get out after he said that because that was, but it was 100% accurate. 100% accurate. It is true. It is true, right? But I think, I think, and like to Dave's point and John's point and Solomon's, I think, I think NRF is a more of a conditioned show in the sense, a show that has preset expectation. You have to do X, Y, Z to get accepted there right and i and think CES that's changed though right in the old days i mean because i used to beat up my my clients with it because the thing i always used to hear is imagine a world that imagine a world that and, and i had to stop them probably about 2002 2003 listen i don't have time to imagine a world that i've got to worry about writing reports that are that impact the next two to three years so you got to tell me right. what's yeah. what's going to impact what i need to worry about in three years from now and this is 2002 or three so i think there in the old days it used to be kind of almost more of a CESC sort of vibe is, hey, here's where we're going. And, you know, in three years, we're going to be doing this. And I think, I know the analyst community, uh, me for sure. And a lot of people said, stop with the five-year timeframes. We don't, I'm going to be in, I'll, I'll be in two other jobs by then. So tell, help me what's real, what I need to worry about today. And I think, you know, and I, Dave, I, I agree with your observations and just the time up in um, Innovation Lab, man, there's enough, there's enough on the plate um, that's a re yeah. ready to go today. You don't, you don't need a, you don't need the imagination. No, I, I think it's moving a lot faster though today too. I mean, yeah. just look at chat GPT and yeah. you know, uh, look at how fast yeah. that like exploded. Where did that come from? <laughs> Who was, exactly. where did the money come from? The, the innovation is done in a lot of ways so much at a, at a, such a lower cost than it used to be. It can be a, 
couple guys in a garage or a woman and a guy in a garage or, you know, anywhere in the world too. It could come out of, um, you know, Ukraine, even during the war. And, and, um, and it surprises everybody. And, and so I do think that almost makes everything a little bit more near term. No one even has a clue where it's going to be three years from now. What's going to, yeah. what's the world going to look like? How's chatting? Yeah. How's open API going to, I mean, open AI going to, um, affect the world three years. Well, I'll tell None you, that, John, I'll tell you who's that, nervous about it. Analysts and reporters are very nervous about it. Yeah, I, I was, personally, yeah. But what was, what was interesting though is that the chat GPT and open AI wasn't fully covered in CES or NRF this time. That's because it's still new. That's they true. Have, yeah. Windows 7. If you have to reserve a booth like six months ahead yeah. of time, guess what? Chat GPT came out, you know, yeah. two months ahead exactly. of time. Exactly. Yeah, like, well, yeah. Build on, yeah. Build on what Solomon was saying earlier about AI cases in the very real world. I did see that at NRF, especially because NRF is kind of broke on the main floors. The way I saw it was broken into two halves. There were the hardware half of the floor and the software solution half of the floor. But even on the hardware half of the floor, you know, POS providers or backend warehouse management systems, things like that, they were using computer vision to see boxes on the conveyor belt and to track ergonomics of the workers and all that. And so that's like real world AI coming into the hardcore logistics world of commerce. And that was, the, so AI is making its way into the commerce, you know, the commerce software stack. Uh, and it's going to be the differentiation point between just warehouse management providers and smart yeah. warehouse management providers. Yeah. Good point. I agree. I think there's a lot of use cases. I think that's one of the things that Solomon and I were looking at in terms of the real applicability of AI, right? One of the things that we found was that like a lot of people who were using AI had a lot of AI well-known established open source AI kits without any optimization. So we went to one vendor booth and they were doing people detection and, and had accuracy 54%. <laughs> and I think <laughs> I think we talked about it, right? Uh, because in a like using the same kit in interplay, we have optimized it, so we could get eighty five percent on the exact same detection, right? So there's a lot of you know. So as a retailer, retail executive, you are looking at this thing and saying, okay, this is applicable to my, my to my business. But unlike you know, like a retail leader and a tech executive have tools to evaluate uh, JavaScript. You know, so if you come to John or somebody and say, hey, I have this conversion optimization, and John will ask you ten questions right? How good is your conversion optimization, right? But in the AI world, a lot of those questions are still being formed in the mind of the leaders, right? I mean, of course, at Iterate, we know because we live and breathe this, but a lot of retail leaders are thinking about, okay, like somebody comes and say, I have edge AI to do blah, blah, blah. So how do you evaluate that's the right tech, right? There's a lot of things that's at the early, early, early in its uh, inception. But I think as time goes, a lot of leaders have to kind of ask all the right questions because there's a lot of tech we saw where, you know, vendors just, you know, packaged open source and just showed up <laughs> and they and they put together demos. And, and like, you know, when an AI person like me or Solomon or Dave walk, we know, right? We look at the, the, the recognition and we can tell at the box and that, that is a YOLO V4 and that has these problems, right? So a lot of lot of lot of that stuff happened, but it's all good. Nevertheless, you know that's how innovation starts. Right? You got to you got to start somewhere, right? It's also a great opportunity for leaders to learn. Right? Uh, yeah, I think Dave's yeah. I think Dave's observation is really good on you know NRF is you know is all about 
let's go in the back room and, and get a deal done on something that exists today where CES has given us a glimpse into the future. But even CES is is behind the curve on certain things because the emergence of new technologies are so I mean, imagine NRF next year. How many how many chat GPT things? Yeah. Are, are pro- well, how many products are going to clear chat? GPT? And I think I think that'll be a section of a generative AI just in yeah. just in uh, I, just John. In, uh, there's going to be uh, chat GDP analysts. I they're, they're going to be on yeah, an iterate yeah. robot looking around. What are you talking? Of course. I mean, yeah, I, mean I bet how ha- yeah. I bet how ha- I bet literally probably half the articles coming out of NRF 2024 will be will be chat GPT. I bet half of yeah, them. And, yeah. And, and, you used to use the word, Jeff, I remember, intentional innovation. I yeah. remember you told, you know, I heard you say that yeah. uh, many years ago, you know, probably eight years ago. I don't know. No, longer than that, unfortunately. Is, it is that practice has to be deeply embedded in any large organization today because it, if it isn't and you don't have a way of embracing these things, you just don't know, um, you know, it'll be hard to keep up. And I think even back to the glasses, you know, like Dave was, Dave, like we were talking about, where, you know, the day that the day that someone hits that one, watch how the world changes. You know, the day that the day that someone creates a glass a, a glasses experience, eyeglasses experience that can really bring you know augmented reality to life in a in a non obtrusive way, uh, everything is going to change. Shopping will change like crazy because. You know, with the 5G networks feeding data and all of a sudden in your glasses, you'll know if you've got the best price. And with the, you know, and, so and, all and that, that, we got to watch out for. And that's a good point. And, you know, Apple was not at CES for all I could tell. Oh, and interesting. Apple, yeah, Apple they, they never go to any CES. Oh, they, they, they have. They okay. never for 20 years. And, they never, yeah. Apple has not, I mean, they hint but they keep pulling their punch about when are the Apple glasses coming? I don't know. Right. And as John mentioned, well, supposedly this is the year for it. It's, it's coming any day now, but John, I think you're right. Once there is a sexy pair of normal, you know, these glasses that I'm wearing now, if they can have a tiny heads up display that is non-intrusive, but I can just walk down the street, then AR will be everywhere. That will be the next iPhone to the Nate hinge point. No, the other piece, yeah, the other piece is it doesn't even have to be a glass, right? I paid so much money to get rid of my glass. I'm, you know, I'm never going to ever wear a glass. I mean, I went through two LASIKs, right? Why, right? But, but the future could be an earpiece, right? I could click on the earpiece and it could create projection on midair, right, for me, right? But everybody has to wear an earpiece for phones today, right? So it's a, the, the form factors can be, um, can be very different, right? Uh, yeah, that's so I, right it, point, and it's hard to predict what it's going to be. Right? Yeah, we don't, we don't know. But the thing is, soon you know we may be wearing basically wearing all the knowledge that can come through the phone today, right in our ear or on our face. And yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. that's what CES is about. It's trying to show how close it is. You know, and then you have the secret companies like Apple that might be a lot closer than we think. And, think. You know, who knows? We do know that. Apple filed for a patent and got it, got a patent granted on bone conduction so that the glasses can speak to you or an earpiece without even, you know, no one else hears it. You can speak back and forth through your thoughts. Should, and, re- should retailers yeah. be going to CES? And are retailers going so. to CES? I think retailers, retailers should start going to CES, right? Not, not everyone in retail, but at least few of the certain members, like innovation team members and so on should go. go. I think 
uh, I think that's what I, that's what my original point was. You know, NRF is great, but NRF is a conditioned show. So everybody coming there is quite conditioned to show what what will appeal to you, right? Sometimes the world is not conditioned. You know, things come out of left field, right? So you wanna you wanna cover both, right? So, and maybe different team members can do different pieces. So you're not telling me that I need to plan not just uh, a week at NRF, but I need to start thinking about another week before that at, in Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah, actually, you should only be at home for two days in the first fifteen days of January. You're, you're going to have to bring some of that, some of that, uh, some of that Brian wine over and sweet talk Mrs. R. If she if she's going to say, yeah, you're going to be gone for a half a month in January, especially this year where it was raining almost every day. Yeah, I still have a few bottles left, and they, well, to, we're supposed to crack candy, one open. Yeah. Hey, and wrap, you know, wrapping ahead, up. Uh, I think oh. Solomon had a question. Sorry, okay. you got a question? Oh, uh, on your point about whether retailers should go to CEO, Joe, uh, I wanted to kind of pose this to you. Um, did you know that Instacart is actually moving into the grocery stores? I, I lost that word. It, it, uh, it, uh, didn't, uh, that didn't come across. What is did, what moved? Did, did you know Instacart is moving into oh, yeah. grocery they were there. stores? Actually, they were there. Well, you guys saw that they were there strong. I thought, um, Yes, because they debuted connected stores and they showcase an AI-powered caper car. So caper AI was a startup that they acquired last year for three, $350 million. And this is actually a startup that at Iterate we've researched for years because they have the computer vision for the shopping carts. So they had that at their display and they had a giant screen that had like personalization on it where you can get your the shopping list. So they were actually debuting not just the, the car, but this, the concept of a connected store. So to go from just delivery, but also to the grocery store. So now they're connecting their clients. Um, so they're using computer vision to identify things in the shopping cart. And now they're going to, yeah. from delivering groceries and creating connected store to sync with shopping lists to the card. And they also enable features such as scan and, and out of stock no notifications. So I think these, these are. CES would be a great thing for retailers. Yeah, to kind that's, of see um, what's going that's, on that's something that, that's something that, um, the analyst community really needs to get in front of, because I think we're way behind, uh, the curve on, I mean, we've known about scan and go forever. And I mean, I go back to the IBM shopping buggy buddy, which was, they wanted to put a $3,000 computer on every shopping cart, um, 20 years ago. And, um, so we all sort of just tuned out, but now it's for sure. Hey, Brian, in wrapping up, I understand, uh, you guys won some awards at NRF. Yeah, we did. And we are super excited about it. And we were nominated for the Longstanding Partnership Award, right? We became a finalist there. That was really great. And uh, uh, the VIP event uh, sponsored by, 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 I mean, organized by Vicky Cantrell and team was fantastic. It was a great event. I think it was a great time to meet a lot of uh, people in the industry as well as, you know, connect and talk about uh, innovation. And the one that we are super excited was like at the at the very end, Michelle, you know, Perkinsy, you know, our partner uh, and, you know, our customer from uh, Vice President of Digital Innovation at Alta, she won the Longstanding Partnership uh, Award. This was the, the partnership with Iterate. And that was super exciting for us because, you know, uh, I mean, we are always excited in, about everything that Michelle and Alta team does. And I think we've been a big supporter of it and she's been a big supporter of us. And uh, that was great news for us. Yeah, it was very for seven years. Yeah. Seven well, years. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. Can, 
congratulations to half the uh, This Week in Innovation podcast team for being victorious. The other half got smoked as the voice of retail, but that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll tie we'll it up. And we'll come back again. Well, Justin, you'll, you'll win next time. <laughs> and so. So Brian's going to have his trophy on one side of the uh, one, on your side, and then I'll just have like a little empty shelf for where it's going to be at some point. But uh, no, it was all good. I agree. Uh, I thought I thought Vicky's event was just fantastic. Um, set the tone for NRF without a doubt. Uh, high elegance, high uh, high energy. Uh, a lot of people, and at that point, we knew you know we knew NRF was going to be solid. Um, at the three events um, quickly. Uh, uh, Retail Orphanation Super Saturday packed absolutely. Thank you to Avanade and um, and Microsoft and and other a bunch of other vendors that really came through. I think we raised three hundred eighty thousand dollars. The last uh, event, um, the la- la- third event on on Sunday night was uh, was Kathy Hodka's Retail Insiders Party, also packed, very very strong. And then finally, Brian, I think you're already out of town. Which next year you got to plan on being at was the Rethink Retail Influencer yeah, Bash, which. It. <laughs> was phenomenal phenomenal yeah, so wanna, yeah and there is a virtual event coming as well so i'm looking forward to it um i think so, in the next month or something yeah yeah so uh so next year you, you got to tell your wife uh you know you you need to be at nrf probably at least through tuesday morning you can't you can't yeah, bail out because that, that party that yeah, party sure. that party rocked. Yeah. that was fantastic yeah, that, that would require a, a barrel of wine not a bottle of wine <laughs> <laughs> Well, all, all good. Well, congratulations on the award. Okay. Congratulations to Alta Cosmetics, one of my uh, favorite retailers. I think what what Michelle's doing um, is absolutely industry leading. I think she's an amazing um, innovation executive, and you know, congratulations for for that award for sure. Um, guys, thanks for jumping on. Always love chopping it up with you guys. I know we do it a lot privately, and I'm glad we can start doing a little bit more on on this week in innovation. Thanks, Jeff. Right, Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Solomon, Danny. See you guys. Bye. Ciao.